We're about to start it before we start. <laughs> well, fly. So, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> good. Good. Y'all, we started this this Bible study podcast before we even hit record. Yeah, it's impressive. We are here chomping at the bit. Thirty-one DTM started the day, so um, I, I'm I too woke fat up and lazy for that. <laughs> Can't do your hundred push-ups. No. <laughs> I might get tanned before my shoulders start hurting. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we've been running this with Hunter, 31 Days to Masculinity, part of the FOE, Fraternity of Excellence, which uh, we were both a part of at one point, and then you were a part of it, and then we were both a part of it, and now I'm a part of it, but yeah, we're out here. (laughs) Um, Now the prices have gone up, so I don't know if I'm ever coming back. (laughs) Um, On that note... (laughs) So I love you, Hunter. Craig, guys. Yeah, they might be listening, so uh, we need to throw that in there. <laughs> Appreciate right. what y'all did for me while I was in there. <laughs> so we're talking about spiritual gifts today, and they are all over the Bible. What about our sponsors? Well, I'm going to get to that, but first I need to give the people the topic. And then okay. we can give the sponsors, and then you can pray, and then we'll get into it. So we're talking about okay. spiritual gifts today. They're all over the Bible. It was hard to find them all. That's what we were talking about before. So when he said we've already started this Bible study, we were already talking about, we were debating which ones we had found, which ones we had not. We were discussing it. Hey, so he read chapters. I didn't read. I read chapters. He didn't read or verses. And, exactly. And so right. we were. Um, the show is sponsored by, you go first. The Smith Homestead, where you can get all your candles and soon-to-be soap needs, feminine soaps, not taking the, uh, the masculine away. Sorry, y'all. That, that goes to Nate. But uh, TDR10 at thesmith-homestead.com. Very good. The reason I'm laughing is because Joseph's sitting here looking all around the room so he doesn't have to look at me. <laughs> but... um. We are also brought to you by King's Council. Uh, that is kingscouncilco.com. Y'all can use code TDR10 to get 10% off your shampoo and conditioner. We just released a new product called the Napoleon. It is a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, both. So that's for um, for men who's looking for something more convenient, where they're not, <laughs> they've never used shampoo and conditioner. It's always just shampoo and conditioner together. And so we got the Napoleon for y'all. Um, Joseph is on the phone right now, so I need to talk a little bit. Um, we are also brought to you by Tribal Video. Y'all can reach out to Joseph, send him a DM, and you can get you a video for if you got anything you want to promote. If you want to promote your Twitter account, your, your company, whatever you need, um, Tribal Video there. Um. Joseph is off the phone now, so he can come back and rescue me while I'm sitting here trying to talk. <laughs> that that was urgent. I am tracking down a UPS guy, y'all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we got Smith Homestead, King's Council, Tribal Video. Anything else? You got another one or not? No, no. That's that's, that's plenty. It. Trust cool. me. Plenty. <laughs> yeah, I can barely I keep up with what I got. I believe it. I believe it. All right. So like I said, spiritual gifts. Why don't you say a prayer and we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here today, Lord, another week to uh, do your do your bidding, Lord, to 
to teach your word, Father, as uh, you've called us all to do, Lord, to go out into the world and preach into all the nations and all the people. Father, there's so many in need going on, Lord. Uh, Kyle mentioned something before the show started, and and Father, my wife, and, and so many others that's in need of your grace and your love and your healing. Father, I just ask that you reach out and touch them. Lord, I also like to ask that you open mine and Kyle's hearts, Lord, that we can learn from each other and the hearts of our listeners, Lord, that they can learn from us. In Jesus' name I pray and ask. Amen. Amen. All right, so spiritual gifts. You we are begin. in what? What's up? I said I'll let you begin. All right, we are in Romans chapter 12 and also 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and also Ephesians chapter 4. And also, um, I think I got a reference to 1 Peter chapter 4 in here. Do you have any other verses that you would like to throw out? A lot of reading for you today. I have Galatians five twenty two through twenty three, Romans twelve six through eight, First Corinthians twelve six through ten, First Corinthians twelve twenty seven through thirty one, First Corinthians fourteen one through fifteen. Yeah, I should cover it. All right, very good, very good. So once again, we encourage everybody to do their own research. Um, and it is a lot of research this, this time around. So here we go. So it's spiritual gift of, so when we talk about spiritual gifts, we're talking about personality traits that God has given to us as believers. And I believe he's given them to everybody, whether you choose to use them for him, for his intended purpose is a different thing. So do you think everybody has them all or you have a specific one? I think everybody has specific ones. Okay. Because there are some of these that I am not very good at, (laughs) such as. um, I know my weaknesses. (laughs) Right. Right. I know my strengths, but I also know my weaknesses. Um, like, um, what's it called? Uh, mercy. I'm not very good at mercy. Where like being able to empathize with people. Not very good at that. All right. So getting into the spiritual gifts, we got the gift of prophecy, which is, um, throughout a lot of the Bible, but it's in Ephesians chapter four and verse 11. It is the ability to receive and proclaim a message from God. Um, this could be like, like the prophet Elijah in the old Testament, um, foretelling future events, but primarily today we see it in like foretelling somebody who speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, consolation. Um, a lot of preachers have this gift. So you don't think anyone can see the future anymore? Um, I I don't know. Because, like, I think that we can predict what could happen. And I also think that we have, like, um, what's it called when you're flashing back, even though you've never been there? Deja vu. Deja vu, yes. And I think that that could be seen as prophecy. But I don't know. I mean – there's certainly no limit to what God can do. And so if he wants to show you Very the future, true. he, he is going to show you the future. But at right. the same time, does he do that anymore? Or has he given us the future in his Bible? See, that's my thought. I, I don't think prophecy is a gift that's given anymore. Right. You know, the Bible, the Bible is finished. It is completed. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, it, it just is what it is. And it says in Revelation that you can either add to or take from any word that's in this book. 
So the Bible is done and the way I look at it. So if it's done, then you're not going to have any more prophets walking the earth for warning Israel or mankind about the coming wrath of God. It's there. It's already in the book. It's already been given to us. So I think that one is, is, is done. It, it definitely was a gift to the disciples, but mm-hmm. I don't think so much us today. Okay. What about the, um, what about the, the translation, the definition of prophecy as somebody who um, speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation? So, would that, says, would that not fall under the gift of encouraging, of encouragement? Um, well, yeah, you're probably right. Exhortation, right? Yeah. Same, same. Yeah, you're probably right then. All right, so prophecy's out. Probably don't have to get to prophecy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not written installed, y'all. That's just my opinion. Um, service. Service is pretty straightforward. The ability to identify and care for the physical needs of the body through a variety of ne- of means. When he talks about the body, so the body of of Christ, the body, the church body, correct? Right. I, I think he's talking about both. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the 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 spiritual body and the physical body because have you ever gone to the doctor and just had that nurse that was awesome you know, like she knew exactly what was going on you know she drew blood it didn't hurt at all yep you know i think as somebody with a gift of service she mm-hmm. she can she can help oh this is going to sound wrong but i can't think of any other way to say it she can help service you <laughs> yep <laughs> sorry and uh you know, but there is like there's a man in my church that if a hole gets knocked in the wall by a kid or if the fellowship hall needs repainting, we can call him. Mm-hmm. He will come serve the church. He'll come serve the building. You know, he's there, there's, there's different levels of serving and different routes of serving because honestly, the guy's a complete jerk to just talk to him. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody likes this guy in my church. But he's always there to give a hand if it's ever needed. Like he's the first person to volunteer. He gives time, money to, to projects. I mean, so mm-hmm. it's a winch can fall under the gift of giving as well. Right. Right. And giving and so, we'll, we'll get to. Yeah. And so many of these gifts, I think overlap each other. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but service, I think can be something as little as, Oh, you, um, you noticed that that old lady can't make it to church because her driveway's snowed in. So you right. go shovel her driveway for her, you know, right. like it doesn't have to be. And giving, I think is different because giving is, um, like, like you're physically giving something where service well, is a service. Well, like, and when, when you're serving someone, you're giving your time and your That's energy. True. And That's true. That's true. So, I mean, giving is not necessarily always just monetary or right. Right. The Bible mentions both of them. So right. that's why they're separate to me. But right. yeah, you're right. They do overlap. You're, you're right. Anything else to say about service? Nope. Teaching. So the ability teaching to teach. Is, it is what me and Kyle are attempting to do. Yeah. Yeah. And teaching is one of my, uh, it's not my strong suit. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm very, I'm Okay. So we're going to get into wisdom and knowledge. And I think that I have 
at least the knowledge gift, but I don't think I had the teaching gift where I'm not very eloquent in being able to spread it. But I'm working on it. I think God has given me a message, and so we're working on it. We're doing the best we can. Um, the ability Some, to sometimes, sometimes we get in our own way of our gifts. That's true. You're probably right about that. The ability to clearly explain and effectively apply the truth of God's word so that others will learn. Preachers, Sunday school teachers. Mm-hmm. I mean, more, yeah. more, more than what I do on an average basis. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that this is almost a requirement to be a preacher. Yeah, definitely. Because what good are you at leading your flock? Which I think we're going to talk about that too. Yep, shepherding. Mm-hmm. Um, if What good are you at leading your flock if you, they can't understand what you're trying to teach them? And so I think that if you're going to be a preacher or a pastor, this is important. This is probably one of your gifts. Why? <laughs> what? Did you say it's probably one of my gifts? Yeah, didn't you? Aren't you trying to be a pastor? Isn't that why you're going to school? Well, so the Baptist Church does not allow me to be pastor at church, but I can I can preach and I do mm-hmm. preach. So, right. But I'm I'm also divorced. Ergo, I am disqualified from pastoring in church. Mm-hmm. What else about teaching? So. Teaching doesn't necessarily have to just uh, apply to to biblical standards as far as Sunday school teaching or preaching or pastoring. You know, look at uh, I, I, was, I'm, I might be partial to this because my wife is a teacher, but uh, I think it takes a special person to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have a a patience and an understanding that the average person doesn't. So. Um, so once again, you know, you may not be a Sunday school teacher, you might be a math teacher, but teaching is still a gift one way or the other. Yes. Granted, we should be using our gifts to expand the kingdom of God, but they do. We 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 are we are how am I wording this? We do have the ability to use them in other areas of our life as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree with that. And sometimes he gives you gifts that you can use to pay the bills too. And teaching is one of them teaching. You can get a job in teaching. Mm-hmm. It just don't do it at a private Christian school. <laughs> they don't pay anything. <laughs> Trust me. It's going to take us a hundred years to pay off for our loans. <laughs> Exhortation or encouragement. Same, same, same thing. Encouragement. Encouragement is something that I really suck at. I'm not a very encouraging person. Mm-hmm. So you talked about me preaching. So Kyle's never heard me preach a sermon and, and very few people outside of my church have heard me preach a sermon, but I'm think mid 1800s fire and brimstone. That's <laughs> kind of how, that's kind of how I preach. So that's generally not very encouraging, but, um, and and I'm not very good at comforting people either, which which I, I you know, comforting is a whole other thing. But part of comforting is also encouraging. Does that make sense? Yes. 
It does. Um, the ability to motivate others to respond to the truth by providing timely words of counsel, encouragement, and consolation. Yeah, you're going to hell if you don't <laughs> repent. I mean, <laughs> check your salvation. I encourage you. <laughs> I encourage you to not go to hell. <laughs> I encourage you to repent. But yeah, um, it it's certainly a gift that some people have. I think that. I don't know. I think that more or less I can be pretty encouraging, but at the same time, most of the time I don't care enough to be <laughs> encouraging <laughs> because I don't have the mercy, which we're going to get into in a minute. Um, giving. Dang. <laughs> the ability to contribute material resources with generosity and cheerfulness for the benefit of others and the glory of God. Giving. Oh, important note, you do not need to be rich or wealthy in order to give. The lady that gave the penny at the temple gave more than anybody else. Right, exactly, exactly. So I'm going to put a disclaimer in here real quick. We have storms moving into the area, in case you're wondering what I'm looking out the window at. Uh And winds are picking up real bad, so I can't promise my internet will hold. Okay. Or my power or anything else. If it cuts out, I just won't post the episode. We'll be good. <laughs> we'll all post we'll a halfway done it. episode. Yeah. <laughs> giving. So giving. Um, the definition that you're giving is is monetary. Like I said before, there's many aspects of giving. It's like tithing. You know, mm-hmm. giving and tithing are two and the same. But I think you can tithe your time. Mm-hmm as well but but like i said before my disclaimer because i had a squirrel moment was distracted by the wind blowing the lady at the temple that gave the penny gave more than anybody else because she gave all that she had so you know in romans 12 verse 8 it says if it is giving then give generously i mean it's 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 you you go above and beyond if you're a giver if that's your gift Mm -hmm. you know what did jesus say if if you're asked to walk a mile walk two of them so you, know, you go above and beyond in, in in what you do so don't think because you tithe your 10 percent that your gift is giving you know that we're, we're right. commanded by god to tithe right so I, I think it's important for people to remember to distinguish obeying god and using a gift that God gives. Yes, I agree. I don't even tithe 10%. I give as I can. And then, but the thing is like. You're stealing from God. <laughs> well, the thing is like, it probably equals 10% eventually. But like, I mow the lawn at the church. And so, I, and I do that for free because I just enjoy mowing the lawn, you know. Or yeah, you can come in mine. <laughs> I'm not coming all the way in Mississippi. <laughs> but, like, plane ticket. but like when it when the offering plate is actually passed around, I I don't give ten percent. But when the church needs something, like we remodeled the bathrooms a couple years ago and I gave like I helped contribute to that also. And so I don't know, I feel like giving can be your ten percent like you're supposed to do supposed to do or it can be um like giving your your time like you said 
it can be serving it can be there's numerous ways to give so i'm going to go complete utter baptist on you right right now all right let's hear it malachi chapter three (laughs) malachi (laughs) chapter three we're going to start in verse seven even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will give unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You, have cur- you are cursed with the curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Even if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And Robin God, if you ain't tithing. Show me where it says 10%. Where does it say give 10%? <clears throat> okay, hold on. <laughs> You're going to have to keep everybody busy while I look for that. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep going while you look for that, okay? We're going to go on to leadership. So we got uh, leadership is certainly a spiritual gift um i think that it overlaps with some of the others like we said before it certainly overlaps with the gift of administration which is going to come later Um, the ability to discern god's purpose for a group um, set and communicate appropriate goals and motivate others to work together to fulfill them in the service of god a person with this gift is effective at delegating tasks to followers without manipulation or coercion. So leadership, if you can, a person who can lead a church is probably has the gift of leadership because what they, their job is to communicate with the church. We're trying to get to this point. We're trying to get, um, I don't, it could be any kind of goal. We're trying to um, even something as little as paying the light bill. We need enough money to pay the light bill. How are we going to get to that point? All right, well, I'm going to lead you to pay 10%. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Leviticus 27, verse 30. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seeds of the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And if a man at all redeem all, all of his tithes, he shall add, therefore, a fifth part thereof. And concerning the tithe of the herd or the flock, even of whatsoever passes under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. Fifth part. So is that a... Uh, Twenty percent? No. So it's a okay. So verse thirty says, "The tithe of the land is holy unto the Lord." If you get down to thirty-two, it says, "Concerning the tithe, even of whatsoever passes under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord." So a tenth of your income is what is holy unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. So because it is holy unto the Lord, you're supposed to give that to the Lord. I mean, even Abraham gave a tenth of everything he had to the priests and the Chalzedek. So, and Abraham had a lot of stuff. So, uh, maybe I need to get right in my giving then. So, if you go back to Malachi, the, the Lord says, if you get, and I've pers- personally witnessed it, and I struggle with the tenth, y'all. I'm just giving Kyle a hard time. <laughs> But it does say, and I've partners personally witnessed it, that if you give faithfully, if you tithe to the storehouse faithfully, God will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much that you cannot contain it. Right. And I've seen people in my church 
I mean, miraculously go from barely living to now they're some of the biggest givers to the church. You know, it's incredible. I've witnessed it myself. I just, if I pay a tenth, I can't pay all my bills. Mm-hmm. That's Great. my, that's my issue. Great. So it's, it's, it's a faith issue. I, I should give the tenth. and I'm just giving you a hard time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah we, no, I we, get it. Like we, we robbing God. <laughs> All right, so I just told him about leadership. You got anything to say about leadership? Leadership falls under – leadership is almost an umbrella gift. It covers mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. other things. You know, for, for teaching, for giving, for serving. I know, I know it's weird to think serving and leadership going together, but – you you have to be in command of yourself first and foremost. You know, to lead is to be confident, is to, excuse me, to be decisive and to be able to make decisions. So when talking about serving, let's go back to the nurse. You know, if you're coding, your heart's quit beating. That nurse has to take, even though she's a server, she has to take the leadership role to resuscitate you, right? She has to make that decision, that call. Right. So leadership to me is probably the umbrella gift over everything. Does that make sense? Yeah. um, I think that everybody should be able to lead to an extent. Right. And not everybody are leaders. Right. If you did, you'd have a world full of pastors and then flock to pastor. Right. Well, and I think that, that everybody should be able to, lead over what's theirs like like you lead your family right and like me being an ra i lead my the people on my floor toward a specific goal toward a a good safe semester you know right but at the same time i think that some people just have that special knack for it whereas me i had to work towards it i had to work toward being a a decent leader and being and leading whereas some people have the the god-given gift yeah, I mean, some people people just flock to them for for right. leadership. You know, they don't right. even have to say anything. It's just the demeanor they carry about them. Right. Pastors are that way. Mm-hmm. You know, pastors, I think, are not only teachers but they're natural leaders. And you know, once again, this is the overlapping I was talking about. You you can't be you can't be a good pastor and not be able to lead your church and your congregation. Right. Correct. Correct. So, and and you know, I'll give another example real quick. You know, a church. I'm on the security team. We are, we have a leader, we have a team leader, and he assigns positions every week. Everybody takes a different position. So say I'm out in the parking lot, I'm on patrol, what we call the the parking lot rover. So I'm roving the parking lot. If I see something going on in the parking lot, I can't get on the walkie-talkie or call anybody. I have to make a decision right then and there what, what I'm going to do about it. So that pushes me into a leadership position, even though I'm not leading other people. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So leadership comes with more responsibility than just leading other people. It comes with responsibility of leading your own life as well. And really that's where it starts. You have to be able to lead yourself before you can lead anybody else. Right. Right. And once again, it's something that everybody should be able to do, even though for some of us it might be harder than others. Right. I mean, you you don't have to be able to do it all the time, but right. when the moment presents itself, you should be able to do it. Correct. Mercy. 
Mercy, let's hear about your struggles, Kyle. <laughs> All right, so Mercy is one of the ones that I'm not very good at. Um, it is the ability, well, it is the ability to deeply empathize and engage in compassionate acts on behalf of people who are suffering. Um, those with this gift manifest concern and kindness to people who are often overlooked. I mean, something I struggle with right there. I don't, I, I struggle with. Is it, is it situational or is it just general or just general? Yeah. Like cause for me, like, I don't know. Actually, I think I'm actually kind of, I'm probably more merciful than I give myself credit for. Mm-hmm. If I see a guy struggling to load something in his truck that's heavy at Home Depot. I'll, I'll run over there and give him a hand. Oh, if I yeah. see a homeless guy on the corner of the road, I'll stop at McDonald's and grab him a burger. You know, that I'm probably more merciful than I give myself credit for. Right, right. See, I don't know. Like, my mom has mercy. My mom's merciful. She is the kind of person who... If somebody gets sick, she will send them a, th- a card or get well soon card in the mail. Or um, if she knows that somebody needs something, she will go to whatever length she can to get it for them. Well, you know, you don't have you don't have to be compassionate to be merciful, right? I mean, if you get sick, I'm not going to send you a card. <laughs> I might send you a I might send you a tweet, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I struggle with with um empathizing with people so like it's like hunter drew is very good at making somebody else's struggles into his struggles like he understands on a personal level the way you feel when you tell him something you know right me i i don't i don't i I don't and like i said earlier when i kind of crassly said i just don't care enough you know like like it's hard for me to empathize on that personal level that merciful people do right i i don't i don't know i'm not a psychopath i mean i definitely i definitely do <laughs> empathize <laughs> i definitely have empathy i just it's it's hard for me to make it like your struggles are not my struggles i i keep them separate where right i don't know you know right you know what i'm saying though like it's hard yeah. for me to explain yeah, well, I mean, if you're not merciful, you're not going to hell for not being merciful. Right. Well, even even though it says you should be merciful in the Bible. Right. Well, and I try. <laughs> well, at least you're attempting. That's <laughs> you're you're repenting of your unmercy. Right. So. Right. Wisdom. Mercy was an uncomfortable one for me, so I'm moving <laughs> on. <laughs> wisdom. Is there anything greater than wisdom? Wisdom surpasses knowledge. Mm-hmm. What did Solomon, Solomon could have prayed and asked for anything. What did he ask for? He asked for wisdom. Wisdom, correct. Um, the ability to apply. So the wisdom is being able to not just know things, with, like you said, knowledge, but apply that knowledge to the real world. Right. And how, does, how can I use that knowledge in specific situations? Right. Everybody so, says that I have wisdom, but I don't see it. You, you do. <laughs> I, I think you're very wise, especially for your age. This is actually one of the reasons I liked you so much from the beginning. <laughs> it's like Michael. Mm-hmm. I, I find him to be very wise as well. Mm-hmm. So it's. I've been called wise. I don't know if I'm wise or lucky. 
But what's the difference? I'm not wise enough to know. <laughs> but I, I find myself drawn to people who exhibit more wisdom than the mm-hmm. average person. Because to me, to me, it's such a it's such a wonderful that that is to me one of the most wonderful gifts to have. Right. You know, it's especially when your wisdom comes out of out of scripture, out of God's teachings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One time, um, my pastor said to me, he said, "You're God. If you pray for wisdom, God is going to give you the wisdom." Now, there are two ways you can get the wisdom. You can read the Bible or he can give it to you the hard way. Right. And that's through experiences and you don't want to get it through experiences. Right. I've said so many times, wisdom is one of those things you don't get until after you need it. Right. Well. And that's the hard way. Right. Right. Well, if you get it, you can get it by reading the Bible, in which case you'll have it before you need it. You'll have it. Right. You'll have it. Well, it took me many years to figure that out. Right. Right. Knowledge, knowledge and wisdom go kind of hand in hand. I feel like you have to have knowledge in order to have wisdom. However, you cannot have wisdom. Uh, you, you can't have wisdom without knowledge, but you can have knowledge without wisdom. You know what Correct. I mean? Yeah. There are plenty of people that lack common sense. Correct. Correct. I think, I think that's where common sense falls under. It falls under the category of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Common sense is the ability to take the knowledge and apply it wisely. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Well, that's the definition of wisdom too. So, um, I'm going to use my, my oldest kid for an example. He's book smart as I'll get out. If you hand him a book and he reads it three years from now, he can tell you almost word for word what's in that book. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just, he's got a four point, 4.2 GPA. Wow. Book smart as I'll get out. If you're, if I'm working outside on the farm, like I got to build a coop this weekend, if I'm driving screws and I need help and I hand him a screwdriver, he will stare at me, <laughs> not putting two and two together that I want his help, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, he did something the other day. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to embarrass him, but I know people that, that just don't figure things out. Like you have to spell it out for them and it's complete and, and it's a complete lack of common sense and it borders on a lack of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm the opposite where I have common sense, but not so much the book smarts <laughs> because all my friends think I'm dumb because I'm not as book smart <laughs> as them. <laughs> I was, I was more of a nerd in school, mm-hmm. but um, like, well, and you obviously had the knowledge. I mean, you yeah i was just lazy yeah like yeah. i was a d student d's mm-hmm. and c's and right but you even have like the biblical knowledge oh trust me that comes from a lot of studying <laughs> i definitely think that you have the the, the gift though the, the knowledge gift maybe yeah yeah Not knowledge knowledge i think and wisdom both are required for teaching yeah right i think okay. so too so that's uh, I, I don't I don't think you get. I, I think you get specific gifts, but I don't think you get just one because so many, right. like I said, so many of these overlap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I I definitely think that God gives you a set of gifts. Right. Um, I think that He gives everybody different gifts. So like, my gifts might not be the same as yours, 
And as I've said, I'm open about I'm lacking in many of these gifts because I don't feel like, like, I feel like I, if I wanted to, I could work on them and I do work on them, but I feel like, I don't feel like God gave me the gift for them. You know, like, right. Like we talked about mercy and leadership. Like, I don't feel like God gave me those gifts where, so if I, like, if I want to get better at those, I need to actively work on it. Whereas like service or, um, distinguishing, uh, um, discernment, like I, God gave me those gifts. I feel like I, I get those naturally. Right. I don't have to actively work towards them. Right. Faith. So I found faith as being a gift. I don't know if you found the same thing. Um, I, I did not, but I can understand how it's a gift. Like, I feel like some people just have that knack for, I'm just going to trust in God. Yeah. And, and some people have to work towards it. Like, like I've seen people, Christians who believe God will provide no matter what. Like if I, if I get fired from my job, that's okay. God, God's going to provide. Right. Some people get fired from their job and they're stressed about it, you know? Right. So you're describing me and my wife. (laughs) You got the faith and she doesn't. Right. (laughs) She, she definitely got faith. That's not what I meant, but like, right. It's not her gift. She has to work towards it. She can't just put all her trust in God. Yeah, because I told her the other day, I was like, uh, so he's talking about my job. I'm having it kind of rough at my job. And I said, you know, so if I end up fired, I ain't worried about it. Mm-hmm. She goes, really? I said, yeah, I'm not worried about it. And I have peace with it because I feel like it's coming. And and God's about to move me somewhere else. So that's my outlook. I'm like, yeah, I'm not worried about it. God, he, God's got something planned for me. He's telling mm-hmm. you to come to Cleveland. No, he's not. <laughs> No. no, it was 81 degrees here yesterday. What was it like 50? No, I'll yeah. stay down here. Yeah. But I mean that, but that's me and her. She will stress. She will stress and stress and stress. Right. And I'm like, baby, you just gotta, just gotta trust in God. Right. Right. And that's what I mean because like it, it comes natural to you where the, the whole, I'm just going to trust God. He's going to provide for me no matter what Right, comes natural to you or not so much to her. Right. Like, obviously I'm not saying she doesn't have faith. Like she's oh, got yeah. faith, but the the whole trust in God, she, she, she has to force no herself. To, right. <laughs> right. Right. She has to force herself to quit stressing and quit worrying. Whereas I'm like, what's for dinner? I mean, it's <laughs> right. just right. Discernment, distinguishing of spirits. It's in a first Corinthians 12 and 10 talks about um, discerning of spirits, the ability to clearly discern the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. With this gift, one can distinguish reality versus counterfeits, the divine versus the demonic true versus false teaching. And in some cases, spiritual versus carnal motives. I like to think I'm pretty good with that one. Mm-hmm. Can you hear that banging? No. Like the wind is blowing. So I'm trying to figure out what's banging around out there. Probably got a piece of metal roofing loose or something. But uh, so I know I know people that I, I call it a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. I call it a sermon a gut feeling. You know, if I walk into a room and. I can usually tell when it's tense, even though nobody's saying anything. Or if I meet somebody, usually within a minute, 
or two of meeting them. And this might sound really judgmental, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I pretty much know whether I like them or not, mm-hmm. whether I, whether I want to hang around them or not, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if it's the same thing. I think it's the same thing. And, and I think Nick Lowry is just talking about this on Twitter the other day. Always trust in your gut. Mm-hmm. And I think gut is discernment. And I think it's probably one that more people have than don't. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you're probably right to an extent. I think that, I don't know. Like, I feel like I have the gift of discernment because we are looking for a new pastor in my church right now. And we, I can usually tell almost right away. Is that why right you away. want me to come to Cleveland? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm divorced. Remember, I'm not qualified. <laughs> I can usually tell with when I'm talking to somebody almost, almost immediately whether I like them or not. But even beyond that, I can tell. I can tell if people are really living the life that they are saying that they're living. Right. Like I can, I can tell if a person is truly saved or if they're faking or not, maybe not faking, but bearing a fruit. Right. And I can tell right away. And so I definitely think that I do have this, whether that is as common as you say it is because you talk like a lot of people have it. I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with that, but I haven't thought about it in order to um, make an argument. Well, I'm, I'm not saying it's everybody's special gift, but I think everybody has a level of discernment mm-hmm. about them. Yeah, I definitely think that's the case. I think that pe- some people are better at telling certain things than others. Um, but yeah, you're right. I definitely think that we all have a general knowledge of right and wrong and what's true and what's false. Right. And so you're probably right about that. But I think that, I don't know, some people have it on a higher level. Yeah, definitely. Anything else to say about that? Nope. Helps. So this is um very much aligned with the um, service. So we have the ability to enhance the effectiveness of the ministry of other members of the body. The, it's only used once in the New Testament. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28. Um, and the reason that I say it, it's aligned with service is because the definitions are very, very similar. But some um, people would say, some theologians would say that um, the usage in 1 Corinthians is different because it is more group oriented. Um, service is more group oriented where helps is more like person oriented. Like, like if you're serving, you're serving the general body, whereas helps would be like you're serving, you're helping an individual person in the church. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Got anything else to add to that? Or are we moving on? I don't. All right. Administration. Did you find administration to be a gift? I did not come across that one. Um, it's in, so I'm going to let you talk and I'll just rebuttal. Right, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28 again, which I'm actually just going to read that verse because I keep 
mentioning it quite a bit. Um, chapter 12 and verse 28. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, which governments is um, administration, and then diversity of, diversities of tongues, which we're going to talk about speaking in tongues in a minute. But he... Yeah, some of y'all ain't going to like me after that conversation. <laughs> but... um. So administration is, um, it only appears the one time in that verse. And it is like, the. I think the Greek word means like a, a, a captain of a ship, somebody who steers the ship. So the spiritual way of saying that would be the ability to steer the church in the correct way, the way that God wants it to go. Um, it would be pretty aligned with, um, what was this other one? Leadership. Like a CEO would be, in, it would have an administration gift. Like it'd be like the CEO of the church. Okay. See, like, cause when I hear administration, I think like secretary. Right. <laughs> well, but I can see what you're saying, but yeah. From from the definition you gave, it definitely has a uh, it definitely goes hand in hand. I think of leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, in the computer industry, the admin, the administrator, is the 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 owner, the person that changes, that I works gotcha. on that development. Um, yeah. See, that's your world. I didn't even think about that. Right. Right. In my world, the administrator is the lady that answers the phone in the front of the building yeah yeah no this is like administrative assistant the person that steers the ship out here right evangelism so evangelism is definitely a gift that not everyone has for sure for sure so it's um, very similar with preaching however it's different so the, the note that I have is, is the ability to be an unusually effective instrument in leading unbelievers to a saving knowledge of Christ. So whereas pastors are more to lead the flock, evangelists are more like Billy Graham who can give a service right. to a thousand people and 500 of those thousand get saved that service. Right. Where, but then they need a real pastor to go and give them the real word, you know, the, the, right. the every year we have one that comes to our church that, uh, he's like, he's like a quick swift kick in the rear end. Mm-hmm. Cause by the time that week's over and he leaves, like we're, we're fired up for the next six months, but he, he's just a powerful, powerful evangelist. Right. right. And, and most, most evangelists I think are great preachers. They, they end up being great speakers. Mm-hmm. They can motivate. Right. And I think that evangelists have um, the same general gifts as preachers do. Yeah. Like I think that there's a definite set of gifts that preachers have, that pastors have, and that evangelists have. But then it kind of veers off like a like a fork in the road. Right. You can, you can go the route of evangelism if God leads you there, or if he gives you the shepherding gift, then you would be more of a pastor. Which shepherding we're going into right now, cruising right along. Um, so Peter was commissioned in the book of John, chapter twenty-one, to to shepherd his flock. And so a person with this gift is along the same lines. And 
Um, he has the gift to personally lead, nourish, protect, and care for the needs of a flock of believers. So that would be your pastor. Right. And that, that's definitely a special God called gift. Yes, I absolutely. And, and there's, I, I think, I think there's few who's able to accomplish that mm-hmm. effectively. There, right. There's men, I've seen men that's tried to be pastors, but you could tell shepherding is just not their gift. And the thing is like shepherding is a different level than evangelism because I don't believe that evangelists can shepherd where right. they can, they might be able to lead a person to get to God or give that unusually effective message that I talked about. But at the same time, the shepherd is the one that needs to actually care for them. So right. the evangelist can go out and get the sheep, but then the shepherd has to feed them, give right. them a place to stay, nourish right. and protect them. Yep. They, they go, they go hand in hand. They, they uh, complement each other. The two mm-hmm. roles. Correct. Hospitality. So hospitality, that one is mine. That one is all mine. Yeah. Like if you come to my house, you're getting treated like a king. Yeah, or, or queen, or whatever it is. I mean, that's just that. That's my thing. I I I love being hospitable to people. Right, I, mean, I just do. So it's like if you come to my house, you're going to, you're going to get a glass of hot Moroccan mint tea. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's just you know in Morocco, if you visit someone's house, you get that. Like it, you don't turn it down. It's rude to turn it down. Mm-hmm. So define it then. So define yeah, I'm. So hospitality is is really just the to me it's the welcoming of people to, the the bringing them in. So like when we get new members in the church, I'm one of the first person people over there shaking their hands. You know, it's good to have you. Good to come back. Hey, we got Sunday school. Why don't you come? Hey, Saturday we're having a get together. Why don't you come out? Mm-hmm. So I think I think being a hospitable person is being a very welcoming person. Yep. My notes say exactly to warmly welcome people. Um, it also says to treat them as family in such a way they sense a genuine belonging. So yep. like you make people feel like they actually belong in the church, not, not like they're strangers. Right. Which is important. Yes. So yeah, hospitality is my thing. I, I like being, I, I like hosting. Mm-hmm. So are you a greeter in the church then? No. No? I actually am not, no. But as a security team member, so like we don't bow our heads to pray mm-hmm. because that's when the church is at its most vulnerable. So right. our heads are up. We're looking around. So we see the hands going up for prayer. We see the hands going up for this and that when the preacher is talking. And we see the people who get saved and we see the people who ask to join the church. And so I use that moment to for lack of better words, target that person. So if I see a new member, a new family, they want to join the church, they're up there talking to the pastor. Assistant pastor has a microphone on where we can all hear over to walkie. So I'm like, they're joining the church. So yeah, even though the whole church gets to vote on me or whatever, like they're already in my crosshairs. Like right. I'm, I'm going to shake their hands and, and, talk to their kids and I'm dragging my wife over to talk to his wife. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. So it's, that's my thing. I like being hospitable. <laughs> because, I think because 
I like the feeling I get when people are that way towards me. Mm-hmm. So it's almost one of those doing others kind of things. Right, right. I get it. Um, Sorry, I just got really excited over that. No, it's good. It's a good thing. <laughs> um, hospitality, I'm, I'm kind of the same. Well, I'm definitely not. I don't know. Because I do like to like shake people's hands and make them feel welcome and stuff. Give them a hug. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to, I don't know. I'm not as excited about it as you are, for sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, when people get saved, I'm not the first one. So when people get saved, we always have people come around and, like, shake their hands, welcome. Right, right. Um, So. Yeah, we make them stand by the back door so you can shake your hand as you're leaving. Oh, see, we make them stand up front, and then everybody just falls in line and goes around. I'm never the first one there, but I do enjoy doing that. You know, like I, like I enjoy doing it, but I'm not the first one to show up. I don't feel like that's my place. I'm always the last one in line. Really? Yeah. I want to talk to them for a minute. <laughs> so if there's someone behind me, then I got to rush through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Very good. Very good. So yeah, I'm not the first one in line either. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is all of the gifts that I had that are applicable to us today. I definitely, I do have some more gifts that I feel like are more direct from God. We call, I call them sign gifts in my notes um, because that is what our preacher called them when he presented this to me. He called them sign gifts. Um, but they are healing, miracles, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So I feel like all of those are... Be going Pentecostal. <laughs> directly given from God. And if you don't have them, you don't have them. And if you don't have them, well, God has to give them to you in order for you. God specifically has to give them to you. So like, like, can you just touch somebody and heal them? No, who can, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like healing miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues. I don't know. I feel like that's like we talked about before where God um, certainly can give these gifts, but he doesn't right. anymore. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what else do you have to add? Do you want me to go through each one individually? Let's start with speaking in tongues. Okay. Go for it. I think it's another sham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just do. So, <laughs> In the book of Acts, when it first happens, is on the day of Pentecost, they're speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. And what happens when they're speaking in tongues is, like, if your native language was German, and I'm talking to you in English, you would hear me in German. Right. And that's what happened. You know, when, when the disciples were talking, everybody that was in the crowd listening heard it in their own languages. And that was speaking in tongues. And so... I'm I'm going to read some, some scripture here. It says, for anyone who speaks, okay, it's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people, but they speak to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They are utter mysteries of the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comforting. Anyone who speaks in tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be edified. 
Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring to you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? Even in the, even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as a pipe or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a, a distinction in the notes? So verse 9, so if it was with you, unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you're saying? You'll just be speaking into the air. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages, languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. Verse 11, if then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up in the church. <clears throat> So that verse right there. What version Bible are you using? Do what? What version Bible is that? Um, this specific one is I don't know. Oh, it's it's different. I'm not I'm not in the King James though. I know that. Right, right. It doesn't so, matter though. Keep going. So First Corinthians fourteen twelve is why I call it a sham. So it is with you, since you're eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those to build up the church. So I think people, so any Pentecostals, I'm sorry, my great-grandfather was a Pentecostal holiness preacher, and I have a bad taste in my mouth. But I think speaking in tongues and interpreting in tongues, interpreting in tongues doesn't happen anymore in, in today's world. It's, it's one of those, it's like prophecy. Right. Well, so it um to me when someone gets up and speaks in tongues in front of the church, they're doing exactly what these verses are talking about. They're edifying themselves. Mm-hmm. Look at me, I have the Holy Spirit in me. Um Pentecostal teaching is you have to if you if you if you can't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit in your heart. You know, that's Pentecostal teaching, which is a very bad teaching. Right. Sorry, I completely just bashed on a whole denomination right there. Um, so I'll continue on. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue shall pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what should I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will sing with my understanding. So what this is saying is really tongues is a personal thing. Does that make sense? Um, no. Explain that last part. Tongues is a personal thing. Okay. It says, so for this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So speaking in tongues is, is, is an edification of yourself. When you speak in tongues, it says your mind is unfruitful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it you're, you're doing I, it for yourself, I, I not think, right. When you say it's a right, personal you're doing thing, it for your own glory. It's like the Pharisee that makes himself look bad when he's fasting, so that everyone knows he's fasting. Right. So is is speaking in tongues to me the I, I can't even do it, but it, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it sounds weird, like it doesn't sound natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not what the original speaking in tongues was. Right, and nobody can understand it in the the verses that you read says that somebody has to be able to understand it if it's going to be right. real, you know, like, right. Like what's the point in preaching if nobody understands it? Correct. Um, 
So I'm, I'm very much against the practice of speaking in tongues. <laughs> and I come yeah. from a family that strictly follows it. Right, right. Um, I was going to say something, but now, oh. Yeah, I just blew that one out of the water. Now. It definitely was a thing, though. Like the apostles did speak in tongues and somebody, people did understand it yeah. because there were not enough preachers in the world right. to where they could, um, to where they could speak all the different languages. And right. So what God and if, did is if, God made it so that the people understood no matter what language they spoke. Right. I'm so glad you said that because that was my next point. So it's no different than. If I go to Mexico, I don't speak enough Spanish that I can preach a sermon in Spanish. Right. So to them, I'm preaching in a tongue that they don't understand, which is worthless. But if I have a Spanish interpreter beside me speaking in Spanish, what I'm saying in English, now we have a preacher speaking in tongues and interpreter interpreting what he's saying. Right. So it's not this weird gibberish thing that goes on in churches where people have seizures in the floor. Right, right. Do you, so have to go? Do, do, you, do you have to go shortly? Okay. Um, I mean, I think we're pretty much done unless if you want to talk about healing and miracles as well, but really it's along the same lines where God gives you those gifts specifically as needed. Right. And he gives them to prove his greatness. Right. And so like I, I said, I don't think I don't put it past him. He absolutely can do whatever he wants. If he wants to give you the gift of healing, give somebody the gift of healing, I don't know, he will. But I don't think that he does anymore. And and you're right. I think, see, everything nowadays is done through the Holy Spirit. Right. So 10 years ago, I had a, I had a leukemia scare. All my blood work came back that I was positive for leukemia. So they scheduled me a bone marrow biopsy. I went up to the pastor on Sunday morning and I asked to be anointed and prayed over. So I got anointed with oil and all the elders of the church came and prayed over me. That was Sunday. My biopsy was on that Friday. When my test results came back the following week, there was no sign of leukemia in my bone marrow or in my blood sample, completely gone. Mm -hmm. So healing does happen. But I don't think right. any of those men that prayed over me touched me and healed me. I think it was the prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit that healed me. Right. Right. I don't think that we as humans have it. Have right. Nobody, no, nobody walks around to the crippled anymore and says, rise up and walk, and they walk. Right. Right. And again, I think that the apostles definitely did have these gifts right. to prove the existence of God. But I don't think that we do anymore. So I agree. Are there any um, other gifts you want to talk about? I do not. That is, we have covered my list and more. Very good. Very good. So you got to get to church, so we're going to end it, okay? All right. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk today. Um, Father, thank you for just giving us the opportunity, letting us be here, be alive and counted among the living. Um, Father, I, I want to pray that you go with us as we go throughout our week. Well, with Joseph's family, with my family, um, Father, we both have some special prayer requests that you know all about, Lord, and I pray you pray you be with that, Father. If there's anybody out there listening to this podcast that can um, be affected by what we said, I pray that you touch their hearts, Lord, that they might reach out. 
And Father, I pray that for a good and prosperous week for me and Joseph and for everybody listening. And all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we'll be back next week. Um, Actually, not next week. I'll talk to you in a sec.